We do normally have announcements. Nelson, did we have any announcements this morning? Check your bulletin. Um, praise the Lord for this day. It is, it is the day that the Lord has made. We got to celebrate early this morning. We um, do a chapel out at Coles Ranch, and we got out this morning. First cold morning that we got to experience this summer, believe it or not. Um, and started raining, so we hopped back in the vehicle. And we thought, well, we'll see what the Lord does. And just about 8.30, the rain stopped. We got out to chapel. It's an outdoor chapel. Um, got out there, and before we knew it, people were coming in with their camp chairs, and um, we had a service. And just praise the Lord for that. It was a great morning. Um, so we have been studying through the Gospel of John, and we are in John chapter 18. We've been looking at, from the beginning of 18, Jesus' arrest. And then last week, and, and that was also here, we studied in Jesus' trial. And he stood trial before the chief priests, the elders of the Jews. We looked at that trial. Just considering a couple things, Luke brings out that uh, this, this was their hour and the power of darkness. And looking in from the disciples' perspective, this was, in fact, a dark hour. This was, in fact, a moment that seemed terrible, a moment that seemed to be spiraling out of control. Peter himself, who we looked at last week, even in denying the Lord, his world was crashing in. Yet, in this hour, their hour, and the power of darkness, Jesus, through God's plan of salvation, continues to reveal His glory, His light in the midst of darkness. This plan of salvation was put even in the Garden of Eden as Adam and Eve had sinned. In Genesis chapter 3, we find out, in the Lord speaking to Satan, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And so we see even from the beginning God's plan and we see this unfolding that the woman's offspring shall bruise his head and the Satan, the enemy, would bruise his heel. We see that being unfolded before us. Jesus, upon his arrest um, in this hour, continues to manifest his glory as he steps forward, letting them know who is in fact in control, revealing that he was the I Am, that he was the Son of God. Jesus, as he stood trial before the Jews, the chief priests and the elders, as they sought witness against him, yet their witness, whatever they could find, was frustrated. They couldn't find two witnesses that could agree. And finally, in this moment, Jesus, in control, witnesses 
against himself, revealing that he was the Son of God. And so this is what they were looking for. They understood him to be saying, in fact, and they took this as blasphemy, saying, what else do we need? He is deserving of death. Yet, we pick up today in verse 28, says, Then they, speaking of the chief priests and the elders, led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas, who was the chief priest, to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. And Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. And this was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. And so they led him to the governor's headquarters to Pilate. It was early morning. But notice as they bring him, they go so far, yet they didn't themselves enter in. And why was this? It says they did not enter so that they might not become undefiled, so that they might not become unclean, for it was the time of the Passover. This was the Jewish celebration. Consider the Passover and what that meant. This was the time that they would be thinking back on God's salvation, upon God's delivering His people from Egypt, that each family was to take a lamb, not any lamb, but a lamb without spot or blemish, They were to take this lamb as a household and they were to sacrifice this lamb and the blood of this lamb was their covering so that the angel of death would pass over them so that they might be saved. And in fact, they were delivered from the bondage of Egypt and God's judgment was placed upon Egypt and Egypt's gods. This was their time to consider this and yet here they were, their hearts full of murder, their hearts full of hatred against Jesus, against the one who revealed himself to be the Son of God. And yet, they were concerned about staying clean, about not becoming undefiled. Well, did Jesus call them out many times, hypocrites. Here they were, we again see this picture their hearts full of murder, yet wanting to celebrate the Passover in, in, in an undefiled way. In Mark, we find out in chapter 7, he says, In vain do you worship me. Your hearts are far from me. You're missing it. And they continue to miss the moment. Hypocrites. They go to Pilate who comes outside to them and says, what accusation do you bring against this man? Here's Pilate, and in Jesus' arrest, Pilate had given them soldiers to make the arrest of Jesus. And so, in, in their mind, Pilate was with them. He was, he was already on board as, as being a part of their plan. Yet, as they come to this moment, 
Pilate says, what accusation do you bring? And so they're put back, thinking they had this. They answered, if this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him to you. And Pilate says to them, take him yourself and you judge him by your law. They weren't coming out with an accusation. They thought Pilate was on board. And so Pilate said, you take him and judge him by your law. But this was to reveal their intent, their heart, what it was they were seeking. They were seeking his death. They couldn't, in fact, put Jesus to death. But this was to fulfill by what manner Jesus would die. Because it was only Rome who could sentence a death with crucifixion. This was the death that they were seeking for Jesus, and so they needed Pilate. Yet they were not forthcoming in their accusation. Even we find out in Luke chapter 23, verse 1, the accusation that they did bring to Pilate was not, in fact, the accusation that they had come to themselves with the chief priests and elders. They, they tell Pilate, it says, and they began to accuse him, saying, we found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And so they quickly came up with an accusation pointing to Jesus as a threat to Rome because it was only under this guy's that Pilate would then consider their case, that Jesus might possibly be a threat, a threat to Caesar, in fact, if he was making himself out to be king. And so we find that verse 33, Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord or did others say Say it to you about me. And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. My kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. Pilate takes their accusation and Pilate begins to examine him. In this examination, he asked Jesus, are you a king? And Jesus immediately, um, in revealing, he tells Pilate, I'm not a threat. I'm not a threat to Caesar. Yes, I am a king, but my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight for me. That would be a threat. But my kingdom is not of this world. And Jesus will go on to speak to Pilate when we see in 1 Timothy, and that's what we will look at. But 1 Timothy chapter 6, in verse 13, Paul charging Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. And so we see that here in this moment that Jesus continues 
to reveal himself. Jesus continuing to be in charge of everything that's going on. Jesus reveals, yes, it's true. In fact, I am a king. My kingdom is not of this world. This is my kingdom. For this reason, I was born. And for this reason, I have, and for this purpose, I have come into the world. This to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. This was Pilate's invitation. Jesus Christ made the good confession before Pontius Pilate, inviting him to understand who he was, that he was in fact king, but his kingdom was not of this world. Jesus was born for this reason. To what? To reveal God. Truth is a characteristic of God. Jesus came revealing God to us. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus came revealing truth. John the Baptist witnessed to this truth, pointing to Jesus that he was the one. For this purpose I have come. We've been studying through the Gospel of John. John specifically looks at certain works. These works reveal who Jesus is, that he is truth. Jesus on many occasions spoke of this. You must Worship. Those worshipers of God must worship in spirit and truth. Jesus, as he was with his disciples, tells them, we would be familiar with this possibly, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This good confession Jesus makes before Pontius Pilate. And the question, what is truth? That we might even consider this question today. What is truth? Jesus, his invitation was not just for Pontius Pilate. He says, everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Everyone who listens. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Jesus makes a distinction. Those who would listen, those are the ones who are of the truth. These are the ones I have come to save. Pontius Pilate, this is your opportunity. Will you listen? Will you receive? Pilate seeming to be, as we look here, bored. What is truth? Pilate as we see above, says, am I a Jew? This, this possibly has something to do with your religion. What has it to do with me? Pilate may be bored as he was one who, who grew up with all the education, all of, all of this at his fingertips, yet still himself seeming to be bored of this question or annoyed of this question. They grew up at a time um, of, they would have been familiar with Roman and Greek philosophy. In um, studying, they pointed out one of the philosophers of the time, Plato, makes this statement in his great search for truth, trying to find what would speak to this ultimate truth. Plato, it says, it may be someday that there will come forth from God a word who will reveal all mysteries and make everything plain. Guys, this was that moment. 
Plato had made a statement, and we, we see Jesus here revealing all mystery, making plain truth to us. After he had said this, Pilate, he goes out to the chief priests and the elders. He went back outside to the Jews and he told them, I find no guilt in him. And so for this trial, for this Roman trial, there would have been certain steps for it to be proper. The first was an accusation. We do see Pontius Pilate walking through the steps. He gives time for examination. He gives Jesus an opportunity of defense. And then himself comes before the chief priests and the elders and he says, I find no guilt. Pontius Pilate, his verdict, not guilty. Pontius Pilate was not the only one. We don't see in this gospel, but Pilate had sent Jesus prior to Herod, finding out Jesus was a Galilean, and Herod and Pilate together find Jesus not guilty. We will continue in this, and not in John's gospel, but we find out that Pilate's wife had sent him a note saying, have nothing to do with this innocent man. Judas, who we know betrayed Jesus, came back. He came back upon what he had done, and he came to the chief priests and and the elders, and he said, here's your money back. I don't want anything to do with this innocent man. This was important for us to know Jesus, the verdict, innocent, not guilty. In this moment, Pilate, he should have immediately let Jesus go free. Pilate, if you did any studying on Pilate, would find out was not not the most honest of Roman governors. In fact, he was crooked and often stirred things up between Rome and the Jews. Yet ever an opportunist looking for political gain, playing the game, he comes back and in verse 39 he says, But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? And they cried out, not this man, but Barabbas. And so Pilate, thinking this his opportunity, his opportunity to satisfy both parties, to satisfy the verdict of not guilty and letting Jesus go free because at this Passover, this celebration, one was to be set free. This would be an opportunity. They would have to pick Jesus. He's innocent. And this would appease possibly the chief priests, the elders of the Jewish people, because he's giving them someone for their crucifixion. But instead, they cry out, not this man, Barabbas, give us Barabbas. This is important as we look at Barabbas. Who is this man? We find out from John's gospel that Barabbas was a robber. If we looked at some of the other gospel accounts, we find out that Barabbas led a rebellion, that he was a murderer. John says he was a robber 
Matthew, I believe, says he was notorious. He was well known for being a criminal, a bad guy. He was guilty. He was, in fact, one guilty of the charges and and this sentencing, these sentencings of, of crucifixion, of death. Barabbas, his name, which meant son of a father. Son of a father. And as we look at that, we might ourselves, as we look at Jesus, the son of God. Innocent. Innocent. Yet here he is getting ready to stand in our place because as he takes the place of Barabbas, who was guilty, who was a criminal, this is also a picture of us. Son of a father, that's me and you. We are son of a father. We are that rebel. We are that sinner. We are that person guilty before God on all charges. That death sentence was meant for me and you and Jesus steps in our place. Jesus, innocent, not guilty. He takes our place for us. Says Pilate continued. He looks for another opportunity. He understands Jesus as not guilty. It says then Pilate took Jesus. He flogged him and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns They put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. Again, Pilate presenting him. Pilate looks for another opportunity. He thought, well, possibly if I take Jesus, we have him flogged and beaten and scorned and humiliated. They will understand that he's not this king of the Jews that they think he is. He's not this man. Maybe they will allow me to let him go free. Pilate puts him in such a display. And how does he present him? In this one moment only, he says to them, behold the man. The rest of the times that he came out, he says, Behold, your king, the king of the Jews, king. But in this moment, he says, Behold, the man. Pilate, still looking for an opportunity, trying to let Jesus go free. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves. And crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself the Son of God. This was the accusation. This was the accusation that they were not forthcoming about. Yet here it comes out in this moment of frustration between Pilate and the chief priest. They are They are motivated to have Jesus crucified. And so everything comes out. They can't hold back this truth, this maybe secret to them. Because if they would have came with this accusation initially, then Pilate would have said, you judge him by your law. 
That has nothing to do with Rome or with me. But here the accusation comes out. He ought to die because he made himself to be the son of God. It's at this moment that it matters. At this moment it had an effect on Pilate. What happens in this moment? It says Pilate. He says, when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. Pilate, even more afraid. When did Pilate begin to be scared? I think that the note from his wife, I had a dream of this man. You must let him go, Pilate. Have nothing to do with this innocent man. I think it began there. And now here is Pilate. His hand is beginning to be forced And he's looking for an opportunity. Things are against him. And here, this statement, this is the Son of God. And this statement, Pilate becomes more afraid. This statement now affects him. Realizing this moment bigger than himself. Says, so Pilate he entered his headquarters and again said to Jesus, where are you from? Pilate wasn't asking, where is your birthplace? He already found out that Jesus was a Galilean. He'd already sent him to Herod. He knew where Jesus was from by birth. Pilate says, where are you from? Pilate needed to know, what is going on here? What is this statement they've made of you? What is happening Jesus speaks nothing. Jesus gave him no answer. And so Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Pilate said, Do you not understand my position, authority, the great man that I am? I have power right now to release you. Jesus, again, we see who is in control of this moment. This moment for which Jesus had come. The purpose, his moment of glory, this hour of his arrest and his trial continuing to reveal. Jesus answered, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Jesus lets Pilate know who's in charge. God is in charge. This is not your moment. This is God's moment. This is the moment that he has prepared for me. For the salvation of men and women. You have no authority here, Pilate, unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. We don't see that in John's gospel, but we see that Pilate goes before them And washes his hand. He did not want the guilt of this moment. He tried everything to not be guilty of this moment. What's important that Jesus also had come before Rome. That Jesus, here he was innocent. Before the Jews. Jesus innocent before Rome. Which was considered the great nation. The great empire of the known world at that time. Jesus, innocent before all mankind. And who is guilty of his death? That makes all of us guilty of his death. 
Pilate tried to wash his hands, tried to not be a part of this guilt. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Chief priests and the elders, smart guys they are, they pulled this last one out of the bag. They knew, they knew they had him. Pilate, man, he wasn't in a great spotlight anyways with Rome. Here they had pushed him out, given him the territory. This was not any of the governors, their desired spot. There was always trouble with the Jewish people. Pilate was put there. Rome was looking to see how Pilate would do, and they bring this. If you release him, we're going to tell on you. We're going to tell Caesar. Pilate realized this moment. He, he had a decision to make, and the, the decision he makes is for himself. They say everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, making his decision, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement in Aramaic, Gabbatha. That was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold, your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! And Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Their hypocrisy only continues. They have no king but Caesar. They are saying their allegiance, who their allegiance should have been to God, giving their allegiance to Caesar. And so Pilate, he delivered him over to them to be crucified. So we will finish with this section just considering today a couple of the things we spoke of. What, what is truth? Now we might consider that for ourselves today. Maybe we found ourselves considered with that very question. Maybe that very question has led us down. Maybe, in fact, we have believed in the truth, Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that Jesus has ushered in his kingdom of truth. Jesus, in ushering in this kingdom, the kingdom of God, which is now present, we are now a part of, we are a witness of this truth. Let us consider as we close today that question for ourselves and realize Jesus, his invitation, invitation to those who might listen, might receive. And for us who are believers in Jesus as the Son of God, that we would be encouraged to share in this kingdom of truth that we live in a world where people are looking for truth. And truth is being offered in different things. 
truth is being frustrated. We think about just even this current COVID surge and, and the answers. What, what is the answer? Truth is being frustrated, yet we are witnesses of that truth. We stand in that truth. We are a light of that truth. We don't have to be frustrated. God is in control. This moment that may seem to be a moment of a dark hour is in fact God's moment. He is in control. Let's close in prayer this morning. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you had a plan of salvation. Lord, that you sent your son, Jesus. Lord, in our place, Lord, to take our guilt and what we deserved. Lord, we thank you that through Jesus you revealed yourself. Through Jesus you became a way, the way and the truth and the life of a kingdom that you invite us. If we would listen, if we would receive that today, open our hearts, open our ears, Lord, we pray that we might be invited in, that we might be born again of spirit and truth and your Holy Spirit residing in us. Lord, if, if we're here today and we are Christians, that we might be encouraged in this truth. Lord, we might be more bold to step forward because we have an answer. God, you are in control and we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.